What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review and nerd news podcast known as the 3FN Podcast. And of course, this week, we're going to be talking in the second half of the show about Bullet Train. But before we get there, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am your host, Rich, and the nerds are all here. Let's go to the first nerd. Of course, he is the man that this this past week passed some legislation that says that it is all right, in fact, to pinch, to grow an inch. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about Ron. Listen, I got to try to grow something somewhere because I am painfully below average. (laughs) And of course, he, the other co-host, is the man that doesn't need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, it's hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He's the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger-bearded feller. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Diesel. When I write my autobiography, it's going to be called Painfully Average. <laughs> I mean, I could believe that. And uh, also, what is a biography? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Hey, it might be coming. It might be going. We'll never know. <laughs> Subscribe to Patreon and listen to the beginning of the show. That's true. That's true. It will. He'll tell you exactly how you got to need to get him there. <laughs> With that being said, though, uh, Ron, how has been the week? The week's been all right. I uh, can't complain too much. Nothing major happened as it was an off week for both game groups as Drew was at Gen Con. So good nice. to hear that this week, hopefully with any luck. And my other group was off. Other than that, just been doing stuff around the house and getting ready to watch a dog for two weeks here. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Diesel, what you had going on this week? It was a relatively slow week at the second job here at Dragon Master Games. But then the weekend picked up. It was a busy weekend. I just spent all weekend here working. That's all you do is work, 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 work. Yep. And then I'll be uh, closing up the shop all this week and then running the show uh, all day Saturday. What? What? Ah, good job, man. Oh, Hopefully yeah. the place doesn't burn down. Yep. With that being said, uh, you know what? My week was pretty good. Uh, we were talking about it on 607 TWS. I didn't have to watch a ton of wrestling this weekend. And even though I love wrestling, there's times where it's like, yeah, no wrestling. Uh, I got to get the movies that we were watching in. Of course, Bullet Train, which we'll be reviewing in the second half of the show for the 3FN Movie Club review. And then our bonus review this week, which is Prey. Got to see both of those movies. Uh, on top of that, I went to a, a nice wedding on Saturday. Ooh. So that was awesome, and it was cool. So, uh, well, it wasn't cool outside. Yeah. Uh, Jesus decided to forget to pay the air conditioning bill, I think, because whew, it was hot. Very hot. I was sweating. <laughs> Profusely. Nice egg sent the mess sent sent the bill when you didn't pay it. Said, nah, I don't need to pay that bill. But yeah. Outside of that though, very nice weekend, very relaxing. Of course, coming up here this upcoming weekend, I'm going on a little bit of a vacation to the New England area. So uh to take the kid to Six Flags New England amongst other things. So yeah, I'm gearing up for that. So I'm glad that I had an uneventful week last week and more relaxing because God knows the beginning of this week into the end of this week is gonna be a little more you know, hectic, if you will. Hopefully everybody out there listening also had a great week. We always wish you well. Uh, before we can jump in and, you know, get you started, of course, like I said already, I've mentioned it a bunch of times, second half of the show, we will be reviewing Bullet Train. 
for the 3FN Movie Club review. But in the first half of the show, of course, in the main event slot of the first half of the show, we have Jesus Movie Triple Stuff. He brings you the box office. He brings you the upcoming films. And, of course, this week's top three. And before that, we have the Nerd News, where we're going to be talking about uh, Warner Brothers and all that shit that's going on over there. Uh, and then a few other news items as well. But that, of course, is a heavy hitter. But before we can get there, we do have to take care of a little bit of business and some opening plugs. And it's simple. If you want to find out about anything going on here at the 3FN Podcast, it's easy. Go to 3FNPodcast.com. That's right. The social media links are there. Very easy and accessible. The Patreon link, patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. That link is there. For as little as $1 a month, you can help support the show and get a ton of extra bonus content. That's really cool. Also, if you would like to support the show, the T Public link is there. Go click on that link, buy a shirt, help support the show, wear some cool swag. We've got new stuff coming very soon. On top of all of that, there are links there to the musical acts that, help, uh, that allow us to use their music. And of course, that music directory includes Shout Out the Robots, who does the theme song each and every week here on the 3FN podcast called Fail Better. Check them out. And then there's also friends of the show, like the ODPH podcast. Check those guys out. And of course, there's links to 607TWS, the wrestling show that I do with Ken M from ODPH each and every week. So you want to check that out if you're a wrestling fan as well. Last but certainly not least, we have the local sponsors who help bring the show to you commercial-free. We'll give them a quick shout-out here in the beginning, though. Dragon Master Games provides us with the 8122 Production Studios. Make sure you check them out on the World Wide Web for all your Magic the Gathering gaming needs, dragonmastergames.com. And, of course, Rex to Rod's Auto Detailing. Hey, Diesel, when you're ready to put the pride back into your ride, who do you call? 607-644-3389. Beautiful. And last but certainly not least, our good friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. We're almost into the home stretch because August 26th and 27th, that's going down in the Vernon Downs Casino in Vernon, New York. Make sure to check out all the ticket information over at SciFiHorrorFest.com. And once again, all those links are at 3FNPodcast.com. And if you can't even remember that, that's simple. There is hyperlinks in the description to this podcast. Get it, Mario. What? what? Get it. Uh, I heard somebody was disagreeing with our take. That Mario was in a open relationship in a thruple. Okay, what was their their view on it? They just said we were wrong. Yeah. I, I respectfully say that they're wrong. Yeah. What proof do you have that they were in a monogamous relationship? She was going off all willy nilly, sleeping around with Bowser, whatever Koopas got up in there. Well, well, the Koopas all came out of there because remember they called her mom. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying I I think really technically. Koopa was just a cuck for Mario. Could be. So maybe we were wrong, but maybe in the opposite direction mm-hmm. for them. I'm just saying, I still think that we were on to more or something. Just throwing that out there. We can agree to disagree, because that's what we do here. We give our honest-to-God opinions. Well, speaking of honest-to-God opinions, it's time to jump right into them, because it's time for... This week's edition... Of the Nerd News. Bing, bang, boom. Bing, fang, foam. That's right. There it is. And uh, where are we going to start with this news? Of course, we're going to start with the Warner Brothers Discovery Uh. debacle. And it's become interesting. And there's so many avenues. And we're going to try to kind of streamline it. I'm going to read the statement written by Deadline about it. And then uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the overall arcing, what's going on, and then we're gonna get into the nerdy stuff. Okay, are you ready? 
This is what Deadline reported about it. Warner Brothers Discovery Friday detailed its charges for the second quarter that included a combined $825 million hit on the content side, including a $496 million hit for content impairment and a $329 million for content development write-downs, as well as $208 million for employee terminations for the three months ended in June. As reported Thursday, WBD posted a net loss of $3.4 billion or $2.2 billion pro forma in its first quarter as a combined company, recording $1 billion of restructuring and other charges and $983 million of transaction and integration expenses. An SEC filing today said that content impairments and development write-offs resulted from a global strategic review of content following the merger. Employee terminations relate to cost reduction efforts and management changes. These charges resulted from activities to integrate WM and establish an efficient cost structure. Restructuring and other charges by segment stood at $200 million for the studios, $308 million for the networks, and $475 million for DTC. The filing didn't specify the content either produced in production or in development behind the write-downs. Charges would only apply to projects shelved before the end of June. Others will booked in subsequent quarters. High-profile cancellations across streaming and linear included a hit from pulling the plug on CNN Plus, Wonder Twins for HBO Max was shut down in May, Batgirl and Scoob, Holiday Haunt, movies also set for the streamer were scrapped, HBO decided last month not to move forward with J.J. Abrams' HBO series uh, Deminade, and TBS axed the big D and killed the orange bear. HBO Max canceled Ellen DeGeneres' preschool series Little Ellen, HBO and Gordita Chronicles. WBD execs confirmed yesterday that kids and animation content across both streaming and linear networks would be cut without an adequate investment case against them. That's a mouthful. And of course, there's also layoffs and everything else going on. So before we get into the nerdy stuff and the content stuff, how did you guys feel about what do you feel about what's going on with the structure of the company? Obviously, when they took over. Uh, Time Warner, Warner Media, Warner Brothers, Discovery didn't understand that they were farly, farly in the hole. Yeah. Diesel? Yeah, this is just sometimes that little takeover doesn't go as smooth and you got to pay out your ass to get everything running smoothly. A lot of fucking money, though. A lot of money. <laughs> Tons of money. How yeah. do you think, how do you feel about the business end? Ronald? It, overall, it sucks because it, they obviously didn't know it was this bad when they took, bought it, or else they wouldn't. They either would have made a better deal yeah. or whatever. But they've been they like I get it restructuring. I get it that they want to. They, they're trying to cut losses and try to make money back up that way instead of trying to make money through products that they have. But like I, I get it. Like you got to do what you got to do. You got to eat that shit sandwich for the first year or two, and then hope it pump pays out. Well, let's talk about the negatives first and the what's important to us and the nerd side of things, not the money side of things. We'll talk about the negatives first, and then there's a couple positives that actually are out there. So the first negative, of course, and the one that really set all this off was the Batgirl announcement. Batgirl, of course, in post-production, it already spent $90 million. They only had a, some reshoots and some visual effects to enter into the movie from what we understand. They only had one test screening 
of the movie that rated in the 60s, which sounds like a bad deal, but if you really look into it, it chapter one rated in the 60s. Yeah. There's other movies who have made, a, and that, that's not the only one. There's a ton of other movies that rated high and ended up making a ton of money in the box office that rated in the 60s on their first test screening. So, once again, you also have to remember, these test screenings don't have all the effects in them. They have, like, little things that'll be like, insert this effect here. Yeah. So, like, you don't get to see the fully fleshed out movie. And that's a lot of times why people mark them down. Especially if something that's high in visual effects. So, anyways, they've spent $90 million on the movie. So, first of all, I want to address something to the nerd population. This movie is never going to see the light of day. No matter how much you petition it, no matter how much you write for it, no matter who steps up and wants to see it. And I'm going to tell you why. They wrote it off as a tax write-off. So that means it's a loss. If it gets written off as a loss so they can collect some money on it, which we'll get to how much in a minute, that means you can never distribute it to make profit off of it because it was a loss. So we're never going to get that movie. Just so you guys know, we're all on the same level. The write-off was for $20 million, which is a net loss of $70 million. Why in the earth... Would you just cancel this movie instead of just putting it out? Because even if it sucked, even if it was the worst movie ever made, you still have Michael Keaton as Batman in the movie. So I guarantee they would have made at least the 90 million back. But even if you didn't, let's say this movie bombed and you only did 50 million in the theaters. 50 million is greater than 20 million. Last time I checked, I understand I might have gone to school with Steiner Mass, so I could be wrong. Diesel... What do you make of the, the Batgirl situation and all of the money they are losing? It, it, so, I really don't care that Batgirl's not coming out. I was not really looking forward to it, with the exception of Michael Keaton in the Batsuit again. Well, hopefully. And I, the Batgirl character just never spoke to me. It sucks that they put in all this work into it and nothing gets happened, gets shown for it. But it doesn't affect me. The fact, though, that they're willing to just eat that loss when they know... At the lowest end, they're going to hit. Lowest end, even just going streaming only, they're going to get some money back. But they didn't want to take that risk. I understand that, but still. Oof. Ron, what is your thoughts? Like, it's definitely... It's one of those things where it also you have to add in a bunch of other stuff. Uh, they'd have to pay the taxes on the money, blah, blah, blah. blah. So technically, with it being a write-off of $20 million, you're looking more at like $30 million write-off. So... Blah, 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 and technical stuff, Mojo Jojo. Um, the fact that they're just like, yeah, let's just take this low guaranteed money just means they're just restructuring all the way around. They, they don't care. They're just like, this is what we're doing. We already came. We're, we see the numbers. We just need to take this shit sandwich, and we're just going to do it this way. It's how we're doing it. It sucks for us because even if you weren't a fan of it, it was Michael Keaton back in the back suit. It was a possibly a link to possibly a Batman Beyond movie. There, there's other things that have been going through that they were saying that reasons why, and we'll just... Well, on top of this, we've wasted more money, speaking of Michael Keaton as Batman, yep. because now we've had to restructure movies around so that uh, the Aquaman sequel is coming out later now because the Flash sequel didn't come out when it was supposed to, so they had to remove Keaton Batman from Aquaman to put Ben Affleck in 
Because it wouldn't make sense because of no Flash movie and no Batgirl why Michael Keaton was in the movie, I guess. So they've actually cost themselves more money paying actors to come in to reshoot for other movies that are done. And we still don't know if we're ever going to see the Flash movie. Because if any movie shouldn't probably see the light of day beyond the fact that people want to see it, is that movie because there's a lot of controversy with Ezra Miller. Yeah. And the studio already was like, well, listen, we, we're running out of money with all these other reshoots and other people coming into movies, so we didn't take Amber Heard out of Aquaman 2. We just cut we cut it even further down. Yeah. So we were told it was less than 10 minutes, and now it's like a, basically a fucking cameo, I guess, is what they're saying. Right. It's a wild ride over there at WB Discovery. That's all I'm saying about it. It's, it's just weird. I don't know where we could possibly be going to next. Yeah, I mean, there's rumors that Batgirl... Uh, influence was too highly influenced uh, around the old DCEU, and they have this new ten-year plan for a DCEU, and they want to change things but keep everything else going forward. But I, you can, don't know exactly how anything else is going to pan out when they're sitting here taking going. Okay, we can't have this because of this. Well, you know, even though they've released Gal Gadot, supposed to be Wonder Woman, and now they're going to center around her. And I'm like, that's fine. I go, but, like, like Ben doesn't... Like, even though I love Ben Affleck as Batman, he, he's already shown that he doesn't really want to do any more movies. He, he's just doing what he can to fill in right now. He doesn't want to continue. He's made that statement multiple times, which sucks for me as a fan, but I get it. You, you did it for three movies. You want to go. I get it. I understand. But it's like... How do you eat this? You know, they're just trying to eat this shit sandwich. The only thing I can think of is that now that they're actually finally talking about fighting themselves with Kevin Fahey, they want to get their own MCU going. Right. right. And scrap all this bullshit that's already in the pipe. Yeah. We're, well, we, we'll recoup the... If we do this right, we'll recoup the losses in the long run because how much is Marvel making per every movie they put out? I, which I agree. And the guy that they got, I forget his well, name, I, that, that they have, but also says second. he still wants to do Flash. Right. Well, give it a second before we get there, because I was going to be on the more positive side of things. And uh, now, though, uh, speaking of also bad news for comic books, uh, they dropped comics from DC. So it's not just DC. Uh, changed it. No more DC Universe. It's just DC.com, uh, which is all moving in that direction. Doesn't look like there's going to be any axing on the comic book side as far as we know. As far as we know. Also, in TV properties, we've learned that they're getting rid of some TV properties. So, you all elite wrestling fans, it might be time to start worrying because they're axing big names. Once you ax a $90 million movie, anything is on the table. You can't be like, oh, this is all off the table. It's all on the table. Uh, They also axed, we just found out, the Strange Adventures uh, project that Kevin Smith would be working on. He just announced that on Hollywood Babylon. That is no more. Uh, so basically, that's another victim. There's a lot of victims coming out of the whole restructuring. With that being said, there is a positive, and that was the positive that I was going to bring up, is that now we have gotten a look into what uh, Zaslov, who is the head of Warner Brothers Discovery, is looking into for the company as a whole, and that, of course, is what they're calling DC Studios. Original name, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, that was the one thing I was weirded out about. It's it's a, not a very original name. But anyways, DC Studios is now going to take over and be the film house for DC, what was known as the DCEU. Yeah. And they are looking to, in, in groundbreaking news, they are looking to form a single linear path with one head that will be overseeing all of their productions. 
And that's their their answer, which is the answer that all of us have had for a long time for Warner Brothers, even before this merger slash takeover. And that was to find a Kevin Fahey and to met and to form yourself after it. Now they're doing it. Yep. That is the goal. That is where you're going. Are you optimistic, Diesel, that that is the right way to go? I'm not optimistic, but I'm giving them a little bit of clearance on this just because, hey, all right, you, you, you found the lane. Hopefully you can execute this properly. I don't have faith that they can execute this properly until I see the first first phase of what they're putting out for this. Absolutely. Ron? Yeah. It's just how you got you just We just got to see, sit back and see. Like, it sucks. Uh you know, hopefully they have the idea uh, it'll work for them. I, I don't know where else to go with this other than, like I said it before, like it's just how they have to eat the shit sandwich and try to restructure. Yeah. Well, I can tell you what uh, one of the projects that did not get axed. As a matter of fact, the uh, good news about being announced coming out of Warner Brothers Discovery uh, via deadline, uh, the Joker sequel, officially titled Joker Folly Adieu will be released on October 4th, 2024, arriving exactly five years after the original film. Academy Award winner Joaquin Phoenix is attached to return for the film, which has director Todd Phillips back behind the cameras, as well as having co-written the script with Scott Silver. It, it has been reported and confirmed that Lady Gaga is going to be playing Harley Quinn in this movie. So we now know that Joker is a definite thing, the sequel, now it's called Fale Adieu. It is October 4th of 2024. Joaquin Phoenix is back. Todd Phillips is back. Lady Gaga added to the cast. How are you feeling about this official news? Ronald. Okay, whatever. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I, I, it's a big jump. I mean, I understand what he... I kind of understand what he's trying to do with this. I just don't know if it's pleasable. I get you. Diesel? Uh, so, Warner Brothers... When you say you're looking for a unified vision, don't go with Todd Phillips. No. <laughs> Just flat out don't. But I don't think he's in threat of becoming this. This is a, a, a different universe, really, in a lot of ways. Scour him from all universes. <laughs> this part that scares me is the musical aspect. Yeah, which I can understand, like, if you're doing it sort of like in the first Joker, you know, like the scenes that you realize were in his own mind... And you're doing that, like, the musical aspect is in his own mind. Maybe I could see that fitting the Joker character, but it's something I don't want to see on this big screen whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think it's just because when he meets Harley is what's going to set it off. Maybe, yeah. but and it's that, still kind of weird. No, I, I get it. That's but it's still, Todd Phillips, so. Yeah. <laughs> go back go. to making comedies where you're a sexual deviant, just throwaway character. You know, the guy that's sniffing toes on road trip, the guy who was there for the orgy in old school. That's where your lane is. That's what you're good at. I don't know. I like Knives Out, though. To be Knives, fair. Knives Out was really Knives good. Knives Out was really good. I think I, I, I was very excited about that movie. Yeah. Not so much some of his other projects recently. Uh, with that being said, though, uh, let's go over to the studio that still knows how to do things, and that, of course, is Marvel Studios and Disney and Disney Plus, as they have uh, they released a little TV spot that said, New Marvel Hero, all new night, new episodes of Marvel Studios, She-Hawk, Attorney at Law, are streaming Thursday, starting August 18th, only on Disney Plus. This is a big move because for a little for a while now, it has been, well, originally it was Fridays. Remember, Disney Plus shows came out on Fridays. Then they moved that to Wednesdays, so it wouldn't be competing with movies coming out. Now this is being moved to Thursday, 
I'm not quite sure why the move of the TV show is to Thursday. It doesn't offend me at all. I actually like this a lot better because Thursday is a better day for me to watch things. Uh, how do you guys feel about She-Hulk, uh, Attorney of Law, moving to Thursdays on Disney Plus? And also, maybe this is going to be the way of the future. How are you feeling about it? Ron? I'm fine with it. It doesn't matter to me when it, whatever day. I think they're just trying to make more of a set schedule with everything else coming out. So I'm assuming like Marvel Day is going to be Thursdays. You know, the next Star Wars will be Wednesdays or Tuesdays, you know, so they're not doing like what they did with Miss Marvel and Kenobi where they came out on the same day. Yeah. And let's face it, Kenobi kind of outshined Miss Marvel at the time because people were watching Kenobi and then Miss Marvel kind of fell off to the wayside of it, but I, in which I enjoyed Miss Marvel all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. So, I, and I watched both on the day that it came out, but I think it's just a setup to be like Marvel's on Thursdays, Star Wars on Wednesdays, Mighty Ducks Mighty on Wednesdays, Ducks, or Mighty Ducks on Tuesdays. You know, like so D- Disney, Disney, Disney Pro- Tuesdays, yeah, Dis- Star Wars Wednesdays, and Marvel no, Thursdays, Thursdays. So, like so, stuff, stuff like that. I, I think that's all that is. I think that could be a good idea. That was a really awesome uh, idea. That'd be cool. I like that. Dig it. Diesel, what are your feelings? Yeah, it doesn't matter what day this comes out for me because I don't have a feeling this is going to be one of the shows I watch weekly. I'll probably wait a few weeks to start watching it once it comes out, see how I like it, and then decide if I want to watch it weekly or just wait till it's all out and binge it. Exactly. I See, me, it doesn't matter as much when it comes out either because I'm just probably going to catch it on the weekend like I did with the other shows. Yeah. But at the same point in Juncture... If what Ron was saying is a possibility, that is awesome. That'd be a good way to run things at the same time. We know that this is going to kind of bump into Andor. We know that in the future, you're going to, with Daredevil being announced at 18 episodes, that's going to bump into a lot of things. So you might have to have that separation. Might as well start it now. Matt Murdock Mondays. Ooh, ooh, you might be onto something, Diesel. You might be onto something. Well, we have one more piece of news in the new nerd news section. And this one is, uh, we'll wait and see it, but it's the best hope we've had. I'm reading from bloodydisgusting.com. It has now been a full 13 years since the release of the last Friday the 13th movie, with the franchise trapped in a messy legal battle ever since. But... The basic gist is, uh, if you don't know about the lawsuit, the basic gist of the lawsuit is that Sean Cunningham, the original movie's director, and Victor Miller, the original movie's writer, have been fighting over who gets control of it in court. And it's been going on for a long time. That's the gist. I'm not going to dive into it. We've talked about it in the past. If, if we have to dive into it in the future, if you guys really want to, let us know and we can get into it. But it's been a long... It had it did create on Horror Zone 607 me saying, fuck Sean Cunningham. So yes. that is the best thing that ever came out of this. Uh, long story short, nothing can happen until the two parties agree to work together. But perhaps they have, as producer Roy Lee has provided us with an interesting tease this week. Speaking with Bloody Disgusting's The Boo Crew podcast, the powerhouse producer of hit horror films including The Ring, Poltergeist 2015, Blair Witch, It, Chapter 1, and the upcoming Barbarian in theaters September 9th, 2022, indicated that a return to Crystal Lake is imminent with news on Friday the 13th front coming very soon. Roy tells the Boo Crew in an exclusive chat, that one is something that I would love to talk about. You may be hearing something by year's end on that front. Nice. So uh, if you didn't know already, uh, it was originally reported a, a little in 2018 that Roy Lee was going to be involved as a producer in the movie uh, and Doug Davidson from Vic, uh, Vertigo sorry, Entertainment. They attached to the produce and the iteration of the franchise that was also set to be reproduced by LeBron James and the Spring Hill Entertainment group. So this is the one that everybody talked about in 2018 that fell apart because of the lawsuit. So maybe this is back on the table. I know Diesel's not a big horror fan. He does know the importance of Friday the 13th, though. Ron, you have been involved in knowing about everything here. 
Are you optimistic about this news? Very much so. Like you said, it's been 13 years. Like I didn't mind the last, the last video, the last um, movie. I kind of said that we've only had the fan made ones, which are actually excellent too. So let's get a mainstream one out there uh, as soon as possible. And I really hope this happens. Absolutely, Diesel. I know, like I said, you're not a horror fan, but how are you feeling? Is this? Do you think this is going to come to an end soon? I, I don't know about if this is going to come to an end soon, but I'm calling for a pod where we're pod war with a boo crew. Well, they do horror stuff, and we I don't. know. Fuck them. They're also <laughs> test boo crew. You always crew. you 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 always want to start wars. Oh, I want to start a pod war so bad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> good luck. Well, maybe we'll get there someday. Uh, with that being said, though, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Nerd News. But don't you all fret because you know when the Nerd News ends, it continues on with. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious food to eat. All right, we had a kind of a slow week in the box office. Uh, only two movies in the double digits, but coming in at number five for its sixth week with another $7.1 million, Minions, The Rise of Gru. And it just won't go away. Thor, Love and Thunder, strikes with another $7.6 million. Oh, man. Sky's falling. It's only been in the theaters for like a month and a half. Uh, Five weeks. Oh, Oh, man. A failure. Nope. Pulls in another $8.5 million for its third week. Nah. Nah. Nope. I just wanted to... That was the best gag in that movie. (laughs) That's not spoiling anything. I just loved how many times in the movie we got nopes and nahs and everything else. Number two this week, DC League of Super Pets with $11.2 million. Okay. And then the big winner this week with $30.1 million, Bullet Train. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm not surprised that it, I thought it would do around 50. So, but you know what, 30, it is what it is. Yep. You know, hey, can't complain. Well, you'll find out what we thought about in the second half of the show for the 3FM Movie Club Review. Uh, coming out this week, we have Fall. Yeah. Emily uh... the Criminal. Mac and Rita. Girl Picture. And Summering. Is Mac okay. and Rita Mac Part 2? No, no, but that would be awesome. I would Mac and me. That's it. Mac, Mac and, and me. me part two. Get Mac the, and Rita. Get the, 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 the whistling and the drinking out of straws. That's what I'm talking about. And then next week we have Beast, which will be our movie pick that week. That's true. And the Immaculate Room and the Legend of Molly Johnson. And of course, the wide release of Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Hence why we didn't do it as a bonus this week. We will be doing it as a bonus that week because... Come to find out, they were only releasing it on the 5th to the big markets and everywhere else on the 18th. So, yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Great per, great news for May 24 that they didn't announce that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they just left that out of the press releases. Schmooth. I but like it. Anyways, with that being said, what is this week's top three diesel? Top three. This week's top three. We're going with the bullet train theme with Brad Pitt. Your top three Brad Pitt roles or movies ah geez uh, you know what we were talking before the show on the patreon break that <laughs> the patreon pre-show we should say <laughs> that when you think about it brad pitt has been in a ton of things and a ton of good things some bad don't get me wrong but a ton of good things yes. as an actor 82 yeah it's it's fucking crazy so it broke me down and i was like man what am i going to go with but i feel like I got a good list, or a decent enough list. So here we go. I'm going to go to the old heads, man. In third place. Just barely making the cut. 
But he was the real hero of this film. And I don't care what the women power people will say. Thelma and Louise. (laughs) That's right. The real hero. Brad Pitt. Number two. Number two. Is going to be his role as the Irishman in in the hit movie Snatch. It wasn't really a hit movie. I mean, I've always looked at it as a hit movie. I think it's Guy Ritchie's biggest movie. Also, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. But I love Snatch. If you've never seen Snatch... Go out of your way to see Snatch. It's beautiful. And, of course, we bring it up here on the show a lot. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It is a certified nerd movie. If we ever do a review about it, we'll give you that sneak peek. I'm going to go with Seven. Yeah. Because, I mean, what's in the box? I mean, I shouldn't make fun of his worst line in that movie, but <laughs> What's whatever. in the box? The worst, the worst overacting of all time <laughs> by Brad Pitt. However, the rest of the movie is worth the damn. Uh, Ron, what's your top three? Uh, number three, I'm going with the uh, Ocean's Franchise. Okay. I, okay. I watched okay. everyone. Josh and I were fans of them, so we watched all hey, that. Hey, there's nothing wrong with all-star movies, baby. Yeah. Uh, number two is Inglorious Bastards. Ooh, it's yes. So, it's so good. I don't care what anybody says. What are you doing? We're in the business of hunting nuts, <laughs> and business is a booming. I and, love that movie. And number one, The Vanisher from Deadpool 2. <laughs> <laughs> we knew he had to sneak Ryan Reynolds in there. We knew it had to happen, but good, good on you. Diesel, what's your top three? All right. Number three, we're going with his role in 12 Monkeys. Ooh, Ooh so He can good. play wacky. That's so right. Good. I forgot about that one. Number two, we are going with Tyler Durden in Fight Club. Of course. Yeah. I knew you were going with that. That's why I went with the uh, lesser known yeah. Thelma and Louise one. Plus, it gave me a good joke. And then this one, just because I, I rewatched this movie this weekend, I thought it was amazing. Him as Billy Bean in Moneyball. Very yes. good. Yes. Yeah. That's a I, I can't say underrated because that movie won awards. Yeah. It's very highly touted, but I think for his role, it's more is one of the more underrated ones. Yeah, I think people oftentimes forget he's in the movie. Yeah, but it's it's a great movie. So good, great movie. So yeah, great picks by everybody. Great fucking picks this week for the top three. If you want to let us know the top three, your top three, hit us up on the social medias because we always want to hear from you. Hashtag three FN Pod. Of course, this is where we're going to take our break. When we come back from the break. We are going to be joining in for our 3FN movie review of the brand new film, Bullet Train. Hey, this is Kenna. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, and you're listening to the 3 Fat Nerds Podcast. You're falling apart, and you know it. You try and try to hide it, but you show it. I need you to know I felt it too And I'm still trying to figure it out Just like you Just like you Right, it is now time for this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. And of course this week, 
we are reviewing a movie that came out just last week. The brand new film, Bullet Train. Cannot wait to talk about it. Of course, as we do here each and every week in the 3FN Movie Club, we will open it up with uh, telling you all about the movie, all spoiler free, telling you about the, the synopsis. Of course, we get it from Google because we like to make fun of that. And then, of course, we'll tell you about who's in the movie, the budget of the movie, uh, little fun facts about the movie. And then we'll give you our spoiler-free recommendation before playing the spoiler alert, going into the spoiler zone, giving our full-on review, followed by the game and the scores. So let's get this party on the road, shall we? Uh, let's go to Google. The synopsis for Bullet Train on Google is such. Ladybug is an unlucky assassin who's determined to do his job peacefully after one too many gigs has gone off the rails. Fate, however, may have other plans as his latest mission puts him on a collision course with lethal adversaries from around the globe, all with connected yet conflicting objectives on the world's fastest train. How do you think they did on that one? Seven out of ten. Actually, that was one yeah, of the better yeah, ones. Yeah, it was, it was close. close I'm, actually kind of, I'm actually kind of surprised by that, if you really must know. Usually, they don't do that good. Uh, Diesel, uh, as of course, this movie came out this past week, August 5th, 2022. has a runtime of 126 minutes, and uh, had a budget of 85.9 to $90 million. So, we're just going to say $90 million. Do you know what it was? We know what the box office here was, but this is the worldwide box office. Would you gentlemen care to... Guess that. 45. Wrong. Uh, worldwide? Yes. Uh, it made it 90. It made it money. Not quite. 62 and a half mm. million. 62 and a half million dollars went into this movie. Uh, with that being said, uh, the movie was written by Zach Olkowitz. I hope I said Zach Olkowitz's name correctly. Uh, you might know him. From his only other screenplay writing, which was for Fear Street Part 2, 1978, the direct to Netflix movie. Yeah. Which was really good, by the way. I I enjoyed that one, actually. Yeah. So that is what his only writer credit was. He's done some producing, but that's his only writer's credit other than Bullet Train. Of course, the director of this film is David Lech, who, by the way, can we call him the ghost director? Because he's done a lot of like ghost directing, including Ron's favorite movie of all time, John Wick. He was an uncredited director on that. He was the producer, but uncredited director on that movie. How crazy is that? Crazy. Crazy. Ron, crazy. <laughs> but uh, anyways, in his direct, if you might know him from directing such classics as Deadpool 2, Atomic Blonde, and uh, The Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Amongst other ones, so that's kind of like his discography for David Latch. So he's got so, a solid resume. So now, now we know why he has the the one cameo. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, that's I, I kind of I, when we talk about it later. Yeah, I, yeah. I knew exactly it was coming from both of them doing something. This is how he also has a connection to Brad Pitt. Yeah. So speaking of the cast and Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt's the star of this movie as Ladybug, uh, joined by Joey King as Prince. Uh, I had to look it up. She's done a lot of smaller stuff, a lot yeah. of TV, uh, but she was in The Conjuring. She was in The Conjuring and that new The Princess or whatever. Yes, was it? Yes, it, yes. it wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Uh, also joining her, Aaron Taylor Johnson as Tangerine <laughs> and Brian Tyree Henry as Lemon. Uh, by, by the way, twins. The twins. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry 
has been in a lot of stuff that you would know. Uh, he was the Jeff- he was the voice of Jefferson Davis in Spider Man uh, uh, Into the Spider Verse, mm-hmm. but he was also in Hotel Artemis. He was in uh, Atlanta, and of course, he played Fasto in Diesel's favorite movie of last year, Eternals. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, if you remember that, he that's where he you would know him from. And Ayler, uh, of course, you would know Aaron Taylor Johnson from his role as Kickass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, he, pretty good. That pretty doesn't good look anything like you used to. No, I know. Absolutely not. Uh, Andrew Koji played Kimura. Uh, Hanare Sanada played the elder. And by the way, young man that they put in older makeup for yes. that role. Yes. Uh, Michael Shannon played White Death. Uh, then we had Bad Bunny. As the wolf. Uh, of course, in the credits, they did not credit him as Bad Bunny. They actually credited him with his real name. And uh, Mr. Ocasio, I will just continue calling him Bad Bunny because I prefer it. Because he's Bad Bunny. He'll always be Bad Bunny to me, damn it. And he's one hell of a wrestler. If you didn't know, Zazie Beats is in the movie as the Hornet. Uh, Logan Lerman is the son in this movie. And Masi Aka is the conductor. Yes. I knew I knew him from something. I was like, oh my God. Masiak is in this. Of course, I remember him mostly from Heroes because yes. I was a fan of Heroes. Yes. But we also know him from one of the greatest summer pictures of all time, the biggest summer hit of 2018. Diesel, want to guess what it was? Did it involve a giant shark? That's right. Yeah. The, the Meg. Meg. Nice. He played Toshi in The Meg, <laughs> which is even better. But I, I am a big fan of Masiaka. And then there was two. Count them, two surprise cameos which I'm not going to give out here they do give them an IMDB but we're not going to give them out here because I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen the movie yet amongst other actors but those were your main stars of the movie Uh, with that being said we are to the interesting part of giving our recommendation why or why not remember this is spoiler free gentlemen so it's a thumbs up thumbs in the middle thumbs down for the recommendation and why and be spoiler free we'll start with Ron what is your recommendation for Bullet Train it's a movie it's action I mean, if you if that's what you want to watch, go watch it. I mean, I, I don't know where else to go with it without spoiling it. So, okay. So, would you say what nah. would you say? Would you be in the middle? In the middle. All right. Diesel. Uh, thumb in the middle, slightly pointing upwards. Okay, and why? It's there are some actual good acting in this movie. Um, the action scenes are actually pretty solid. Um, I think they have a few misses here and there with other things, which we're going to get into later. But it's. It's definitely worth a watch, but I don't think it was... It, it, it didn't stick the landing for me. As the one guy here that is into cheesy action films, I give this a thumbs up. I'm not saying this is a great, great movie, but I give it a thumbs up. I found it highly entertaining for what it was. I understand it's supposed to be ridiculous, not supposed to be taken too seriously. Uh, that's just my take on it. So that's why I thought it was a very entertaining two hours of my time. Uh, there is problems. <laughs> it, I, I promise you it's not going to be closer to the 10 mark. Uh, I, I also promise you it's not going to be certified nerd. Uh, but I, I will say that I, I enjoyed it. I came out of the movie going, okay, I was happy to see this. It kept me entertained for its two hour and six minute runtime. With that being said, though, if you have not seen Bullet Train and you want to see it and not have it spoiled... I would suggest that this is where you stop the podcast, come back after you see it, and see what our takes were. However, if you do not care about this movie being spoiled, or you've already seen it, we are about to enter the spoiler zone, so here is the spoiler alert. (laughs) 
All right, we are in the spoiler zone, so now it is time to talk about this movie with spoilers. We will start with the good, and then we will go to the bad before playing the game and giving our scores. So, let's start off with the good of the movie. We will start with Diesel this time. Uh, go ahead. What did you like about Bullet Train? All right, some of the acting in this was actually really well done. Um, Lemon and Tangerine, I thought their stories were amazing. I thought they were portrayed them amazingly, and I think, hands down, they were the shining stars of this movie. Lemon and Tangerine are my favorite in this yeah. movie. But I like the acting for the most part overall. Uh, there was some questionable, but we'll get to that in negatives. But I like the acting overall in this movie. How about you, Ron? Yeah, I mean, it was solid with those two. And even their backstories, when you got to see parts of that, like even the like five-second, four-second clips of it, they, they told the whole story just yeah. with their facial expressions. And it was like it was worth it. I also want to point out at least one of the saddest parts of the movie. And I didn't tear up. I didn't, it didn't make me emotional. But it was still sad when the one brother died, when, well, Tangerine dies. Uh, because he already thinks that Lemon is dead, but then Lemon is sitting next to him, and it's just that, like, hold his hand kind of like... Yeah, and with the recurring storyline of the uh, Thomas the Train Engine, yeah. and he's like, that that almost got me. It yeah, was like, the, it was very Thomas. close. You're definitely yeah. a Thomas. You're definitely a Thomas, and it was like, oh, and then the flashbacks of them growing up together, because plot twists, they're referred to as twins in this movie. One's white, one's black. What? You get the backstory very briefly that you know they were just foster brothers, but they loved each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was it was it was it was very it was very nice. Yeah. I, I did enjoy that. Uh, it was one of the more emotional parts. Any other likes in the movie Diesel? Uh, some of the little subplots I really did enjoy, like the white death, the subplot with him and the uh, Japanese elders and the mob stuff. That was a cool story going up to a certain point. Uh, the actual train mission thing going on, there was a lot of plot armor, but some of the backstories side uh, plots were really cool. I agree. Uh, With you on that, I was a big fan. Uh, I like the Wolf's background story, even though it gets ridiculous with the poisoning at the wedding. Yeah. But it's still fun. That's what this movie is. Yeah. Uh, Bad... uh, Bad Bunny? Bad Bunny, before I do it again. Um, But Bad Bunny is the little clips of him, because he's not in the movie for a long period. But when you get his story bit by bit, really good. And like every time he kills somebody, he takes something, which Mm -hmm. was really cool. Also, uh, I did. I, I like the more ridiculous ones, like the story of the water bottle. Like, I, I didn't. I'm sorry. I like how they put that in there because it's kind of a little fun nod. It reminded me of, like I said afterwards, it reminded me of Smoking Aces a lot, where you have these ridiculous plot side plots and backstories for all the characters going into this other plot, and it makes the movie a lot of fun yeah. and ridiculous. That that's one of the things I liked about. It. Just like I like the the one about the snake. <laughs> And we get this whole backstory on a fucking snake. Yeah. And that plays out to ended up being with the Hornet, which Zazie beats seeing her back in a movie was fucking awesome, in my opinion. Uh, not that she's in it for a ton of time, but it was still awesome to see her because I, I think she's a very good actress. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I dug those. Is there anything you wanted to add? Sorry, I, I know that you no. said you don't like the water part. But. The water bottle just irked me at the end. But I mean, it's fine that they tried to give you all the storylines like a Smoking Aces, like a Go, like... You know, it, it's just... Yeah, I agree with you, definitely. I, I saw a lot of those movies in it, and that's a movie that I like. I like that style of movie, so therefore, it made me find this movie more entertaining. However, I will say it doesn't reflect completely in my score, as you'll see at the end. Uh, Diesel, any more positives that you had for Bullet Train? Uh, the use of cameos, we're not going to get into the big two right now, okay. but Channing Tatum. Yes, we can get into that one. Channing Tatum, out of nowhere, with a subplot that he is looking for sex. Yep. Uh, he, I love him in the non-starring roles, the choices yeah. he does. Bullet Train's up there with uh, This Is The End. Oh, absolutely. He, he was great in his small, you know, two minutes on screen time. 
I'm surprised they haven't gotten chastised for that because, you know, it was kind of homoerotic in a way because he's looking for sex with men. That's the, the pure. Every time somebody asks him to do something, he's like, it's sex, isn't it? But he's let down when it's not sex. No, no, no. I didn't, I didn't mean that I wanted that. Then the next guy, okay, so you're the one with the sex. Like, it's, it's fucking, it's hilarious. So I'm glad they didn't get shit yeah. for it. But in this day and age, that's the kind of joke that for some reason gets people's panties in a bunch. I don't understand why. Just have, just have fun with it. And it was, it was a lot of fun. I thought Channing Tatum killed it. But I agree. We'll be talking about the other two cameos in the near future before we go to bad. Because I, I know that one of them you didn't like. But we'll get back to it. Is there any other thing that you want to throw in there? Uh, that's well, The action was actually really good. I'll give them that. The yeah. action and the fight scenes were super solid. You saw a lot of like the cool stuff in the trailer itself. The way you know they're fighting on the quiet train. Really well done. The way that they stopped the fight for the girl with the water cart. Hilarious and well done. Like All that stuff was really well done. Oh, I agree. I yeah. think the action was some of the best action we've seen in a movie, even of this nature. Where it is, It's an action comedy for the most part. Yeah. But I, I like the fight scenes. The choreography was really done well. That fight scene where they're fighting with the water cart in, the fight stops, and then it continues on. That's one of the better ones. Uh, I also, like I said, the quiet car is probably my favorite one, which is not as much action as we would get in the final scenes, which is fucking crazy expendables level of shit, which is I still liked. But it, I, I like the little nuances of the smaller fights a lot better. But the big fights still delivered. Lots of blood. Lots of violence. Gotta love it. Did you want to add anything to positives, Ron, that weren't mentioned already? No. I mean, we hit them all pretty much. My only other positive that I can add is I loved the Japanese cover songs. Oh, no, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. We <laughs> need a, a hero. We need a hero that, staying alive. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was so good. It, it sounded like it was done by somebody in a, in a Japanese karaoke bar. Yes. I fucking yes. loved it. Loved it. So I would have liked to see a lot more of that. The only other thing that I would say is a positive, and I'm going to piggyback this thing because I know there's going to be a discussion here, was the cameos. Of course, we know the one made Ron's <laughs> pee-pee hard. He was feeling something in his stomach because the the way this movie works out is that Brad Pitt's character, Ladybug, is filling in for another agent named Carver, who got sick, so he's there on a sick day. So we find out, and I know Diesel's going to bring this up in a minute, so I don't want to get too deep in it because we're going to talk about it. We find out there's a twist in the movie where everything hinges on all of the assassins were brought there because of revenge. So everybody's tied in. Well, Ladybug isn't part of this revenge. Carver is. So when this is revealed, there is a flashback to see Carver getting out of a car, which we saw like for this scene, and we had seen him in the helmet earlier. But the helmet comes off, and it is none other than... Ryan Reynolds. That's right. <laughs> uh, your forever man crush, oh, Ryan Reynolds, man. is in this film very briefly, yes. but as Carver. Now, throughout the film, and I, I enjoyed that, throughout the film, though, we had uh, Ladybug talking to his handler on the earpiece. And uh, phones when he lost the phone, but... We hear the voice all movie, don't know who it is. At the end of the movie, the handler comes and picks him up, and we get to see who the handler is. It's revealed that the handler is one of the former America's sweethearts, Sandra Bullock. I know Diesel was not a fan of that. For me, it didn't add anything to the movie. It was just like, I, I get it. They probably got her, her and Shannon Tame during the filming of The Lost City, so it was just an easy get, but it, it just didn't add anything to the story, and it wasn't anything that was like, ooh... It wasn't as deep as how we ended up with uh, Ryan Reynolds, because obviously it's a Deadpool connection. Yeah. Brad Pitt did Deadpool 2, which was directed by David Lich, 
starring yeah. Ryan Reynolds as the Invisible Man, yep. which we get the scene where you can see him briefly. Vanisher. Vanisher, yes. And then fast forward, and it's just basically a swap yeah. cameo. So yeah. that, that was pretty awesome. I thought I, d- yeah. I dug that. So I, I actually did dig the cameos just because I was like, oh, that's neat. Because like, I never thought that the person on the other end of the phone was going to be anybody. So the fact that it is one of like Hollywood's biggest actresses, you're going, yeah, okay, cool. See, I didn't even care who the handler was. If they were going to do a cameo, I wanted to know who his, uh, his therapist Barry was. Yes. That would, I would have loved that, too. <laughs> would it, it would have been great if it was The Rock. <laughs> yeah. or, or NPH. Ooh, that, too. He's been doing a lot of those yeah. lately. The Rock or NPH would have been my picks. Yeah. Maybe we'll find out if they do a sequel. Who knows? Uh, with that being said, though, let's go into the negatives. Let's kick it off. I'm going to start with Ron on this one. What didn't you like about Bullet Train? You take, like I said, five movies. Like I said, uh, Reservoir Dogs, Go, uh, Shoot 'em Up, uh, Smoke and Aces, Smoke and Aces. Just throw them all in a blender, and this is what came out. <laughs> like exactly, I agree. It, and it's it's fine. It is an original action movie, so that gives it a plus for me. I just like part one was great, part two was great, and then part three I just went. Eh? Okay, so tell the first the first act, second act you you were in, third act not so much. Okay, I I think Diesel's going to agree with you right here because Diesel, I'm sure you want to add on to that. Yeah, that that was my exact point. Like I went into this movie thinking I'm not going to like it, but the first two acts I was like, wow, I'm actually really enjoying this. I'm laughing where I'm supposed to be laughing. I'm all right. This is pretty cool. But I think for me, when the actual moment started to turn, was the Zaze Beats reveal as being the Hornet. The dialogue that they wrote was pretty much how many times can we fit the word bitch in yeah. nonsensically. Absolutely. Although it, it did lead to a, the funniest death scene I've seen in a movie in a while. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the dialogue for that part was really horrible and it didn't showcase Zazie Beat's talent as an actress one bit. No. It was a cool fight scene and it was a cool death. Absolutely. I, I agree. But um, that that one got me. And then like the bigger reveal of um, that the... the the girl was the white death's daughter it was just lackluster and then once you meet the white death you know you got all these cool flashbacks and the backstory for the yeah. white death awesome cool story and then you get michael shannon looking like a third right kill bill <laughs> i wouldn't even say that michael shannon looked like a homeless man yeah <laughs> is, is a better is a better objective he didn't yeah. look like mike when i saw him at first I, it took me a minute to realize it was michael shannon yeah like i was like he looks familiar and it literally took me that second to go Oh, it's Michael Shannon. Wow, that is not good-looking hair. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. And I would be fine if they would have gone with the more of like the mindless action movie route, but once they started waxing philosophical about what it is to be lucky. Yes. That's where I'm like, all right, you're trying Fate. to you're trying to add something cool in here and you're not doing anything good with it, and now I'm going to rate you lower because you tried, but you failed miserably. Yeah. Uh, the, the overbearing thing was fate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah we, yeah, we we see a lot of that. I mean, but, even at the, the like everything. That's why every story goes back. Like we get a lot of flashbacks to the future. Everything is kind of faded yeah. to happen. Like the whole the prince when she walks up to her brother and spits on his dead body and pushes him towards the the window. window. I'm like, oh, she's at the time we didn't know it was her brother. Yeah, but I when I saw yeah. it, I went, oh, she's the sister. Right, right. So I'm like, okay, so the white death is going to be connected to this. Okay, that's kind of like where I kind of went. Oh, great, like it made, made like if you didn't have that whole scene, 
it would have been better. See, I agree with you guys in essence in some of the stuff, but then there's some of it that I didn't care about because I was like, oh, this movie's entertaining. Like, I knew it was going to be straightforward. I didn't I didn't think that there was going to be, like, like the, when it's saying twist, it wasn't like, oh, there was an insane twist. I don't think that that was ever the, the point. I thought it was just, to me, I always thought it was a ridiculous fucking action film, which it hit that number. Yeah. It was super entertaining. So, but, yes, I do have some of the same problems where it's like, oh, well, we doing this or that was just kind of eh and just out of place. But at the same point in Juncture, I was like, eh. I gave it, I was a little more forgiving, I guess, than you gentlemen. Yeah, well, that and the whole plot armor thing of the prince. She's lucky. Oh, now, yeah. The it whole worked, movie. It worked in Deadpool 2 because yeah. the character. This one, hey, you're going to figure out the combination to this briefcase. Oh, well, how am I going to do that? Well, I'm lucky. Hey, I'm going to survive. It, 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 so start, start with the... I wouldn't do the low numbers. Start with the higher numbers. Yeah. It, it just that made no sense, and then how she you know got through certain situations just by being lucky. It just like I get you gotta get from point A to point B somehow, but like figure it out a little bit better yeah. way. No, I agree with you. <laughs> I, I do like how her luck ran out, yes. and then at the end of the movie, the post credit scene shows us that it was Lemon who got his revenge yeah. as he ran her ass over with a tangerine truck. <laughs> and then the whole thing with you know Ladybug being unlucky, I didn't get that through the movie. I get that he was put into weird circumstances, but like his fight with the wolf. Well, you could say it was unlucky because as he's walking onto the train, if he's trying to walk off the train, the wolf is coming on. The wolf is there to kill the hornet for killing this thing, but the wolf recognizes him also from being at his wedding where that happened. So the wolf stabs him. So like that is unlucky. Not unlucky because cell phone right there protects That's true. him. That's true. He has this weird, He's well, he has bad luck of being in situations, but the good luck of getting out of such yeah. situations. Like, there's the backstory where he had met Lemon before, or saw Lemon before, yeah. and Lemon shot him twice. So he should be dead. Yeah. But he's not. Like, it's, it's, so I agree with you. Like, he gets, his bad luck is situational, but he has this uncanny good luck to get out of it. Because, well, the way the fight ends with the wolf, you know, the wolf kind of falls, hits his neck, and like, snaps his neck and was like, well, that was kind of lucky for him. <laughs> you know, he well, like, he, he, he says that in the beginning. He goes, well, he goes, it's it's bad luck for other people, is what he says. Yeah. He goes, because people die. He goes, somehow I live and people die, yeah. and that's the bad luck. That's true. Because he doesn't take the gun. He doesn't want to kill people. Yeah, and he's he, only a, a smash and grab guy. He's yeah, not he, an assassin. Yeah. Right. He's like, I don't want to kill anybody, and that's the thing. And my, my bad luck is people die around me. That's what, Yeah, that's, he ends up he, killing a bunch of people because he kills the hornet. Yeah. And inadvertently, because yeah. the hornet goes to poke him with the needle, only gets a little bit, but still gets the venom on him, and then he jabs her with the needle. And then when she grabs the anti-venom, he grabs it, he grabs it, just stabs himself with it. He's like, what, you don't have two? Oh, come on. And then that leads to the funny, oh, do you need water? Do you want me to hold your hand? Do you want me to comfort you? <laughs> that was one of the ridiculous spots I did like, because later on when he gets bit by the snake and he's just like, I'm okay, I think. Oddly enough, I've had some of this antidote today. <laughs> it was like, all right, that, that one I enjoyed. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Like, like I said, there's a lot, of, but I agree with you guys in essence about a lot of those being like the plot, especially the plot armor. There's a lot of plot armor. I mean, you tend to get that in a lot of these action films. Ron, did you have anything you wanted to add to the bad or anything that you didn't like about the movie? I should say. I mean, it's fine. I mean, like just the fact that people disappear. Like the, well, like no, they, not, they write that, uh, like, they didn't flat out say it, but when the White Death says that he bought the entire train, so once people started getting off at the previous stops, right. nobody else got on. So no, it, I, it made sense, but they yeah, didn't but flat the, out the, say that. But the conductor disappears. The Yeah, that's drink, a weird one. The drink, the drink cart check gone. Like, 
that's the whole yeah. thing. Like, and I understand there's no actual conductor in the in the yeah. front because it's all automated. That doesn't bother me at all. It's just, and like one minute they're going and it's sucking them out the door, and next minute they're still going as fast, but they can stand up and yeah. not be sucked out to side. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I mean, there's a lot of armor. That's that's going with the play. definitely. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have anything else more to add. I mean, there, there was a part where the ridiculousness and the plot armor and stuff led to it being negative, but to me, there was a lot of some of that that was entertaining as well. So it's kind of like a give or take. From so my bad is also a positive, but it's also a bad. If that makes sense, it's it's a weird take. It's a weird movie. Uh, I, once again, entertaining, but a weird ass movie. Uh, with that being said, though, before we give our scores, you know what time it is. Time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> Ron is putting together quite the win streak here at the game. Can he continue that win streak or can Diesel steal the throne? It is now time to play the game. It's simple. The game is played very easily. It is prices right rules. That means closest to the number without going over unless there's a tiebreaker needed. In the case of a tiebreaker, it's closest to the number because we don't do fucking ties. Also, if that tiebreaker number needs to be uh, worth two points or whatever to make it interesting, we make up the rules so we do what we want around here. God damn it. All right. Are you gentlemen ready? Yes. Diesel, since you are the challenger, you get to go first. IMDB, out of 10 using points, what did they give Bullet Train? 6.2. Ronald. Fuck. I don't want to go seven. Uh, 6.5. I'll give you a couple. 6.5. 6.2. Ronald gets the point. It was 7.5 out of 10. I should have won (laughs) 7. Ron, for the win. Ron Tomatoes, out of 100%, what did they get? Bullet Train. I don't know where to go with this. Uh, 40. Diesel. We'll we'll, we'll block you. 41. Fuck. (laughs) Wow. Diesel with the block. Guess what? It pays off. Diesel gets the block. 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. That means we come down to the final question. This is close to the number. Google users. Diesel, you get to go first. Out of 100%, what did Google users get bullet train? I'm going to go exceptionally high because I, how low I was on this, and I know Google users are smooth-brained. 92. 92% from Diesel. Run. 91. <laughs> wow. So it's got to be over 92% Diesel for you to win. Anything under 92% will be a retain for Ron. With that being said, your winner and still champion Ron, as it was 90%. Oh, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> 90% of Google users liked them some bullet train (laughs) all right ladies and gentlemen we have come to the part where it is now time for us to give our scores of course we will give you the nerd score and then we i will give you my critical score but up first the nerd score is simple it is a combination of entertaining value of the movie critical score and a suggestion or recommendation if you will of course it is simple there's five levels one is just no that means it's a terrible film that you should never watch Two is you've been warned. It means it's not terrible, but it's still not good, and you probably shouldn't watch it. Three is, ah, it's good, which means it's an average film to a good film, so average to good. Uh, It's worth watching, but maybe not worth spending money on, not going out of your way to see it. If it's on or you can catch it and you're bored, go ahead and watch it. If it is a four, it is called Just Take My Money. And at a four level, that means, hey, go see it in the theater. 
Go see it, uh, rent it when it comes out, buy it if you want. It is a good to great film, and you are going to enjoy it, so it's worth spending money on. And last but certainly not least is the rarefied air known as Certified Nerd. Those are the classics. Those are the great movies of all time. Those are movies like Jaws, Jurassic Park. In this past year, we had The Batman and Spider-Man No Way Home as unanimous certified nerds there's been others that one of us or two of us have given certified nerds but we only count it as a complete if all of us do it but here it comes ladies and gentlemen our nerd score for bullet train starting with ronald what did you give bullet train i gotta go with a three because like i the ending to me was eh. so i give it a three the first you know two-thirds of this movie is great go see it watch it enjoy it diesel all right so if they didn't try to like push in a deeper meaning to this movie this would be a four all day with a mindless action movie but the fact that they tried to put some deeper meaning into it i think they failed miserably i can't go as low as a two but we're at the bottom end of the spectrum of a three you know what i'm gonna say i don't think it's at the bottom end of the spectrum but i do also give it a three making this a complete full-on uh uh three ah it's good uh, listen, it's a very entertaining film. If you go into this looking to be entertained and not looking at this to be like a great movie, you're going to come out entertained. Uh, with that being said, do you need to see it in a theater? No. Do you need to purchase it? No. Just catch it when it's on a streaming service. You'll probably enjoy your time. But if you start questioning too much or you start thinking too much into it, it basically breaks down that this is a movie that's just ridiculous and at the end of the day is a lot of fun. If you go any further than that, then your score is going to get lower like Diesel. Uh, me and Ron, I think, are close to the same feeling of the movie. Yeah. He's a little lower than me, I would say. But we're all on the yeah. same level. Deadpool does it better. <laughs> well, that's true. Well, with that being said, I gave this movie a, a, a five and a half out of ten. It's, it's a little slightly above average movie for me. It was very entertaining. I, I thought about giving it a six uh, because it was so entertaining. But then there's some things that reminded me that uh, maybe it's not. So this is the classic. It's right above an average film. It's not quite just average. Slightly above Nothing more, nothing less. You're going to, once again, though, if you watch it and you just go into it looking to be entertained, I think you're going to come out entertained. I don't think this is going to fail you in the entertainment department. Well, that will do it for us and our 3FN Movie Club review of Bullet Train. However, quick reminder, coming out a day after this podcast for all of you that are not on Patreon, you are going to get our bonus review of Prey. So there's you have to look forward to that. But also... I would like to throw out what we're going to be doing next week and the week after, just so you're on the same page. Next week, we are not going to see a new movie. I'm going on vacation, and there's nothing that's really tickling my fancy because fall isn't doing it for me. So we went to the Patreon and the patrons and their picks, and we raffled through. And Ken M, we selected his movie from the raffle, the 25th hour i know diesel or diesel is super excited to review this film so next week 3fn movie club review will be the 25th hour and the following week the 3fn movie club review will be beast starring idris elba the brand new film and also that week there will be a bonus episode because obviously we couldn't do it now because it didn't come out locally here it will be bodies 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 at least me and ron will be doing it diesel may or may not join us because he's not a big fan of pete davidson or horror films <laughs> so with that being said he might get his wish and get the fuck out of it so but either way there will be a bonus that week as well with that being said though now that all that business is taken care of we have some other business to take care of diesel and that is some shameless plugs First of all, if you hear my voice, you know how to find us. But do your friends know how to find us? Do their friends know how to find us? It's simple. Tell them to type 3FN. 
podcast or just 3FN into any podcast provider out there and booyakasha, there we are. Well, you're there. You might as well smash that like or subscribe button so our show gets delivered to you automatically each and every week. Also, remember for everything we talk about, it's the number three, not the word three. And if you've done all of those things, would you mind giving us a five-star rating on whichever pod ch- platform you're on? Because it costs you nothing, but it means the world to us. We're also on Facebook. Just type in that search bar, search bar 3FNPod or 3FatNerdsPod. Look up those fat fucks. We'll probably show up. <laughs> you're going to find our page. You're going to like our page. You're going to comment, rate, review, help us spread the word of nerd. Of course, we are on Twitter and TikTok at 3FNPodcast and on Instagram at... 3FN Pod for all uh, whatever talking about us on any social media make sure you use that hashtag 3FN Pod and if you want to email us that we're stupid 3FatNerds oh shit I've, I've, it's 3FatNerdsPod at gmail.com gmail. that's the one that didn't change it has not changed yet yes no got you tripped up uh, ladies and gentlemen with that being said here's the double one make sure even though we're not doing 607TWS live on Twitch anymore because with Raw getting better and stuff we're gearing up to do other things uh, we are still doing after shows for pay-per-views on the Twitch channel and we're for myself and Ken M plus we're also going to still be using it to do different events as well so make sure you're following us over on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast also if you would like to support the show monetarily for as little as one dollar a month you can do that on patreon patreon.com slash 3fn podcast to be exact for as little as one dollar you get a ton of extra bonus content you help us pay for everything we do here whether it's the podcasting the streaming and everything else and in return we like to give you a lot of more entertainment uh, there's two exclusive shows you get uh three a total a month but two different shows and of course you get the three fn podcast early and it's uncut uncensored uncooked so you get the uh the day of the, so you get it early and all that so with that being said patreon.com slash three fn podcast all right let's see if we can do this one h t t p colon backslash backslash three f n p o d c a s t dot com that's right three fn podcast.com for all three fn three fn podcast shit man i'm messing this up because i almost said three fat nerds again but anyways with that being said uh you can go on there the patreon link is on there the t public link is on there the twitch link is on there all the social media links are on there uh thing for 607 tws is on there and how to find that if you're a wrestling fan it's a good way to uh listen to that podcast as well uh speaking of 607 tws we have a friends of the show section that has the odph on it so you can go and visit them as well plus we also have our music directory that has the bands who lend us their music including the band who does our theme music shout out the robots but also we have to give a shout out to chom jolu floodlands the phosphines from melbourne australia the jasons from west virginia of course our good friend second suitor who are on the road and are coming out with new music soon so you're gonna hear some of that coming up in the upcoming weeks here on the 3fn podcast also while you're there you can check out uh our local sponsors who help us bring the show to you commercial free each and every week but we're gonna give them a shout out right now because that's how much they mean to us starting with the people who provide us with the 8122 production studios that is dragon master games located at 12 35 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com. And of course, if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to find out about events at the store or if you want to come in this week and just fuck with Diesel, you can do that and find out all the times and everything, and especially when he's going to be here, by following them on Facebook, Dragon Master Games. And thank you to Rex to Rod's Auto Detailing, located at 2004 North Street in Endicott, New York. Call for an appointment. Call 607-644-3389. When you're ready to put the pride back in your ride, don't forget to tell them the three fat nerds sent you. 
And then, of course, there's only one more thing to plug here, and that is our good friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. And we are almost completely into the home stretch because that's coming up on August 26th and 27th in Vernon, New York at the Vernon Downs Casino. They've got some big guests coming. There's a ton of vendors coming, and it's really affordable. It is $15 for one day, $20 for both days. You can't beat those prices. For all ticket information and information about the event, go to Sci-Fi Horror Fest. Dot com. With that being said, Ronald? One out of ten stars. What a pity. This film is a typical example of how someone can spend a lot of time and money destroying a legend. It is also an example of how an industry can dis- uh, can ruin a piece of art. I regret every cent of the money and every second I've misspent watching this film. One out of ten stars. A Lord of the Rings just sucks, people. Get off of Tolkien's dick. It's overrated to begin with. Listen, I hate the one, the book warriors. We talked about it kind of last week. Listen, you should have known it was going to be different. All movies are different than the source material. It's never been the same. Yeah, just like the Claudex things. Exactly. Much better on film. Yes. With that being said, though, thank you guys for listening to so much. I hope you guys were entertained. I hope you enjoyed the opinions and thoughts. Of course, we will be back next week, same bat time, same bat channel, to give you our 3FN Movie Club review of the 25th hour. And, of course, we'll be talking that nerd news. Until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later, nerds! Later. Yeah. Lord of the Rings just sucks, people. Pixel it's gonna be so awesome. Listen, man, just so you know, split's not happening now. Yeah, October 31st, got it. Right. Wait. So can we use the song? Uh, use no, Tom, you can't fucking use it because we're not doing the split, man. Oh, Stop this recording. And a pop rock song? Listen, man, don't fucking change the subject. Who does that? Nobody does that. Uh, you. No, I just play by right. myself. Yeah, you put solos and punk rock. No, I just, that's, Wait, why the fuck am I even arguing with you, man? You're an idiot. Listen. No. You're just gonna use your song. No, we're not gonna be on there, Tommy, because there's no no split. Listen, Tommy, fuck you, fuck your band, your dog, your grandma, your 12th grade teacher. Listen, I I don't wanna be on your fucking split, Tommy.
Fuck you!